This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Wrote a great piece on Steelers.com. She really captured the, the frenetic emotions and ups and downs of a, of a rookie making the final roster. You know, I, I'm reading this article on Jalen Warren, you know, and it's, it's great. I mean, Jalen says, I was keeping my head in a, on a swivel, hoping nobody came up to me and asked me for my iPad. <laughs> Max, I got to tell you, times are changing, brother. You know, I mean, from my day to now, I mean, there's a couple of things. Number one. Keeping your head on a swivel, that's a timeless bit of advice for everybody. Every rookie <laughs> needs to hear on the field and off the field. And second, at the iPad. The iPad, is it's replaced the playbook. Get Zooks, man. I mean, the technology stuff here is getting ridiculous. Hey, Wolf, let me also tell you about this thing. It's called an electric vehicle. <laughs> 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 There's oh, a no. thing called social media that you can access on your phone as well. <laughs> that was really good, Max. That was a shot. Yeah. That was a shot about knee level. Knee level. Knee level. Yeah, you know, just just a little trim, just a little trim. That's all it is. <laughs> but uh, but but no, I, I mean I I agree. I mean this is you know it, it's cool to get that, especially when you know. We, we we talked about this young man. We talked about where he came from. Like this, this kid wasn't drafted, you know. He 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 walked on at Oklahoma State and became a captain within a year. Um, says something you know, about you right there. That 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 already says enough, more than enough. And so you, you know, it, it's not a given. Even as great as guys play, it's still not a given. Like think about how great Tyler Vaughn's played, and it's not a given that he was going to make this team. Right. You know, I, I, you, you, so there's both sides of the tape. So, yeah, you know, it, it's cool to kind of get a peek behind the curtain right. to see how, how – and also it, it, it realizes we're all humans. Yeah. At the end of the day, I know people kind of put athletes on a pedestal. You kind of, ah, but they're normal people. Right. They're people that, that we are normal people trying <laughs> to, to make a living and trying to do something that we love and – Sometimes it's not up to your performances. Sometimes it's a numbers game. Sometimes, you know, it's some some other external factor that you don't know about, but all you can do is control yourself. And I thought that was great, and that was kind of addressed in this piece. The third thing I'd say with, you know, Teresa, she, she's just a great writer. She does a great job. So she yeah. he, he says at, at 355, people were congratulating him, and, and I got to give him credit on this one, right? He, you know, he was aware. He's like, going, no, 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 I still got five minutes to go. No, I got, I got five minutes to go. It's, you know, and I can see him because I know, you know, what it was like on that last cut. You, you know, you, you have that tension in your stomach, and you're wondering, you know, did I do enough? Did I show enough throughout training camp and the preseason to get me onto this roster? And for me, back at that time, and you went through a similar Super Bowl period of time. I came right on the heels of all these 70s guys. The John Kolb, Sam Davis, Mike Webster, you know, uh, Steve Corson, Larry Brown. These guys were already legends. Moon Mullins, Jerry Mullins, you know, that already had, yeah. had been in to Super Bowls and everything. And to be in that group of, of tremendous players, uh, you know, it just it made you feel – I felt small <laughs> when, I, when I reported yeah. as a rookie. 
Well, yeah, and, and that's the thing. We, we Every rookie outside of maybe a first-round draft pick, well, I guess until you get to Isaiah William, Wilson, yeah. uh, the kid who drafted at Tennessee. Uh, <laughs> if you're a first-rounder, you don't have this stress, you know? Right. And even for a large part, second – uh, you know, second rounders. But remember this too: the, yeah. there's stress with being a first rounder because you expect more productivity and that sort of thing. Just in keeping yeah. with the the human well, side of it. Yeah, but but there, but from we're specifically talking about cut down day, right? Stress, right? Uh, that's one what, what might have a little bit least. Like you said, there's going to be a lot of internal pressure and obviously media expectations when you're drafted in the first round. Um, I'm not trying to alleviate or trying to diminish that. But when it comes to making a roster, whether I made it or not, and you're waiting until, like Jalen Warren, until 4 p.m. on the dot before, you know, and the Turk hasn't tapped you on the shoulder, the Grim Reaper has not come for your iPad uh, or tablet. (laughs) Um, That's just a different stress. And we all went through that um, as rookies. You know, you and I. Right. Um, and, and it's just one of those things. It's unnerving. Because I remember reading, reading like, newspaper articles because I didn't have social media <laughs> as available. So, And I remember hearing about Chris Ferris in the 1999 draft. He, he got cut the last cut in camp. He was a second-round draft pick. Um, I was a third. I was like, oh, my God, this dude got cut. What am I? Oh, my God. I could get cut. You know, yep. I was – I was, you know, and I was like, man, this is, like, stressful. And so – you can see the emotions, but it's even more heightened because it's an undrafted free agent. You know, this is someone who wasn't supposed to be uh, uh, like his cousin, Willie Parker. Right. Correct. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Undrafted free agent from his college, you know, and, and I think that's that's what also makes it even more rewarding is that it doesn't matter how you start. It matters how you finish. And I know he's not finished yet, but you're finished through the the first leg of this, which is making the cut and being available to be called upon to play in the regular season. And he did the first step. Here's another quote, and I want you to react to it because, you know, again, we're trying to – you want to put the the human being into this situation that people see. Just like you said, we're all human. You go through this. Everybody – nobody's immune to the pressure, really. I mean, there's people that handle it better, carry it a lot better, don't show it. But nobody's really immune to the pressure. And so I got this quote. It says, it was like a dream come true. That is what I was looking for. And it finally happened. It was like a moment of silence. I was too shocked to react to anything. I called my family and said, I really made it. It's true. I made it. I mean, that's a quote from Jalen. And I think that is that like summarizes the whole feelings the gamut of feelings you're running through because it is such an intense moment and when you realize well there's nobody coming for me you know there's nobody asking for my playbook or ipad depending on the you know the 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 era that you you grew up in um it's it really puts a human feeling and face to what that emotion is like at the moment yeah and that that that's that's what you strive for right that that that's the emotion, and that's what makes it so tough to mimic that in other areas of life. Um, it's that pure joy, like I busted my butt and I got a direct reward from it, and there's a tangible result to it, right? I mean, it, that that's something that's just it's so it's so empowering, it's it's so fun, and and it's such a great feeling. You know, it it, it takes me back to my rookie year when I hear that, and. 
just the range of emotions that you get calling your family. Like I did it. I did it. I did it. It's like, going, you know, it's like I went for, so, I, I went, I, I came back from summer sleepaway camp and I got an award. You know what right, I'm saying? Like, right. like that, that's essentially what it is. And you know, to hear that and for Teresa to catch that, 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 that's pretty awesome. I mean, because it just warms your heart, right? It gives, it gives you that little shot in the arm, right? You're having a tough day. You know, that's one of the things that's just like, wow. Okay. You know, Hey, it's going to be all right. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to be able to make it another day. I'm going to be able to work a little bit harder because I know there's a direct result for the work that I put in and the output and what it produces a, a, in, as a result. Excellent. Excellent. And by the way, just so everybody understands, um, the lights just came on in the studio. Uh, okay, seriously, <laughs> the lights just came on. I come in. You're here. welcome. Yes, Wes. The wild, wild is that you, God? Is yeah. that you, God? Hey, I come into the studio. The lights are already on. Wes walks in and he goes, "Oh, we got to get the lights on because I guess they were a little bit dim." And he presses the button. The lights go out and they won't go back on. So I'm like, going, "Wes, thank you very much." I'm sitting here in the dark. Max, I wear many hats in life. Uh, elect- elect- electrician is not one of them. Uh, yeah. Electrical engineering is not in your forte. <laughs> oh, he just killed me. And then he's in there pressing buttons. And I'm like going, oh, for crying out loud, man. Would you just leave it alone or something before you blow up the whole studio? Oh, it was it was great, but it, it just, was. It just goes to show you that you can't, you can't real, you can't give the ninjas uh, full appreciation all the time. That's right. Yeah, they get a little, they get a little lax in the job, and next thing you know, you don't have lights, and you're trying to figure out an oil lamp to do your show by or candlelight. It was I don't a know. seminal moment there. That's for sure. Now here comes back to back to business. Here, I just had to throw that in there for Wes because I knew pretty- he's tickling the dials in one of the production studios there. But anyhow, all right. Now, here's here's the thing that that. When I think about this whole thing that, you know, because Jalen says, one of the quotes was, I shocked myself because he wasn't sure if he could come and compete at this level. You know, I mean, yeah. is that like amazing? That's a, That takes a lot of humility for a modern day professional athlete to come into, you know, the training camp and then come on to the other side of it. And then you sit there and go, you know, I, I really shocked myself. I wasn't sure I could compete at this level. And that that that's just the human emotion. When you step up to a job, you get a promotion or you get an opportunity, and you you know there, there's a bit of doubt in there. You're always going to yes. have that bit of doubt, no matter how prepared you feel you are, no matter what you say publicly. There's that inner voice, right? Yes. And that's the thing we're always fighting every single day is that inner voice of negativity. That that little that little seed of doubt, you know, you, you just you're trying not to water that seed. You're trying to water a lot of other seeds, but you're trying to let that one just die out. Right. That's a weed in your mind. And so the fact that you have this just lets you know that we all get butterflies. We yeah. all get anxiety. We all question ourselves when we're going to take that next step. And the fact that you have that some people it drives right. Mike Tomlin always says this. It's a great, it's a great proverb. It's like there's there, there's two kinds of pressure, right? Mm-hmm. Those who feel it and those who apply it. And when you feel that pressure, what's your response to that? And his was obviously, I'm going to make a diamond. Yeah, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> I'm going to make a diamond with this pressure, and I'm not I'm not going to get a lump of coal. It's not going to crack my pipes. 
And I thought that was that, that that's a cool thing. And right, you said that's the other human part because this is applicable to life. This is like I know we're talking football, and this is you know the realm or the medium that we work within. But these are life these are life lessons uh, that you could apply to any area of your life um, when you're working hard at a job and you're wondering, am I good enough for this job? Am I am, am I am I gonna is my hard work gonna get rewarded? Right? Am I gonna get that promotion when I'm up for it? You know. All of these things cross your mind. And the same thing applies in football, right? The same range of human emotions of disappointment, happiness, anxiety, anger. All of these, all, we go through all those emotions. <laughs> we, just do, we just do it in a weekly basis. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yes. We go through the roller coaster every single week as opposed to maybe over time. So, but we're not immune to it. No, no, no person is immune to that. There's always going to be self-doubt. And right here, you heard it. And look at, look at what the end result was. He overcame it and got rewarded for it. There's no question. I mean, again, I go back to the, the simplicity of him calling his family. He said, I really made it. It's true. I made it. That really captures the stunning essence of what he's feeling. Because he was basically, as he said, I shocked myself. I was stunned. I remember sitting in the in the uh, dining hall up at St. Vincent College in 1980 as I'm watching on Veterans Report date as, uh, you know, Mike Webster with arms like legs, legs like people walking in. John Kolb, you know, with the granite jaw and, and world's strongest man and NFL strongest man titles or, you know, competitions that he competed in. And, he, well, he, he won the NFL strongest man. I mean, Larry Brown, you know, like they said, Larry, when Boss Brown came in, his triceps came in five minutes later. And I'm sitting here watching these guys. I'm like going, what am I doing here? They don't need me. <laughs> you, know <what> I mean? <laughs> you, feel, yeah. you feel very, very small at that moment. And as you watch these guys from Joe Green to Jack Lambert to Donnie Shell to John Stallworth, Lynn Swan, Franco Harris, Terry Bredge, get Zooks, man. I mean, uh, it feels like you just keep calling out Hall of Famers with this group that I was in. And you just you really felt like, why am I even do I do what I'm wasting my time? <laughs> You know, I'm wasting yeah. their time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and but that that's what it is, right? And that's what makes, you know, when you make the jump from college to pro so so daunting, right? In, in, in all of professional sports, not just not just the NFL, but you're talking to MLB, you're talking about N, uh, NBA, you're talking NHL, heck, even MLS, right? Yeah. You know, when you make that jump from collegiate and you're that top one percent of college athletes that comes out into the league. Well, you're dumping your your that that one percent into the top one percent <laughs> and seeing yes. if you're right. Uh, and this is over the last well, because Tom Brady's here over the last twenty plus years. You know, he's kind of the outlier of that. Normally, it's, you're looking at the top one percent over the last decade about that you're now throwing into to see if you if if you're if if that actually fits into what's already the top elite level. And so there, there's a yeah, there's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of angst uh, in that, right? You come to a room that's got a bunch of veterans, and for you, these are guys who've all won Super Bowls. These are guys who who are household names in the city of Pittsburgh, and you're just the new grunt, right? <laughs> Walking in there, <laughs> you're the you're you're the snot nosed rookie looking to quote unquote take somebody's job when really it's you're coming in to prove yourself. And to to show that you belong with them, and yeah, you, you a lot of self doubt, 
hey, that, that first one-on-one pass rush period that you had to go through, you're yep. looking across it, and you see the Joe Greens and the Ernie Holmes of the world, you <laughs> right, know, right. <laughs> staring across at you like, uh, this guy has a Coke commercial. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> And, and, and you're like, okay, I well, I don't know how that. this is going to go. I didn't think about <laughs> bringing a Coke to my first one-on-one with Joe Green. Hey, Or if afterwards you take your jersey off and you toss it to him, here you go, Joe. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think that would have gone over well. <laughs> that, that, that would not have gone over. I'm glad you did not do that yeah. because that would have – that would have been the shortest career in the NFL possible, say, probably. I would, I would not be sitting here as your as your uh, uh, co-host here with you. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. But and the same thing was me. Like Joey Porter had been to Pro Bowls. He was he yes. had a whole bunch of sacks. And you're staring across from that guy. You're staring across from a, a Kimo von Olhoffen, right? Kimo would have like his four kids at practice. You know, so it's yeah. like this is a grown man. Yeah. It's like it's, a, it's, a, it's like I haven't I haven't even committed to a relationship. Uh, <laughs> That, that's as old as his, one, his youngest child. Um, I, I, yeah. Do I belong here? <laughs> Hello. Yeah. So, so it's just it, it, it's it's a lot of range because this this is big boy stuff. This is this is real real stuff. Like at this level, you know, there's no scholarship. Right. There's no oh, I'll try out next year. No, this is this is this is potentially your one shot. What are you going to do with that one shot? Are you going to pass or fail? Um, in this opportunity and that that can that can drive you or that can drive you insane <laughs> right it could drive you to greatness it could drive you to ins- insanity um no if, doubt. if you start like we talked about it, counting heads in the room right you know count 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 counting your reps counting you know everybody else around you and what they make you can't worry about any of that listen i have to maximize every rep that i get that's that's that, that that's all it is you have to take that type of you have to take the master teague mindset right right <laughs> master t remember he he came straight off the plane straight off a of workout right into practice and that first run play he ran all the way to the end zone yeah, yeah. <laughs> in a drill that was just two hand touch he was like just but just to get the, the the rhythm in his head like i'm not stopping till i get to this end zone right and that that's the mentality you know i i you know it, it, it you know it, it's it's tough because right you said you get cut short by injury but that was just a great example of what it means to take a full opportunity. He didn't know if he was going to get another rep after that. So it was like, I'm going to run all the way to the end zone this time. Right. <laughs> now, granted, they called him back in and told him to get another rep in. So he just ran an 80-yard sprint. <laughs> but but that that's what it means, and that's that's the importance of it. And that's, that's having that internal clock, right, that the alarm is going to hit. I cannot procrastinate further. I must leave it all out here today. Don't wait for tomorrow. You know – and, and all this is true, and then it comes to you got to summarize it like this. Now comes the hard reality because you know it's it's one thing to get here. It's altogether another thing to stay here. You know, the NFL does stand for not for long, right? I mean, so you know it's not just, okay, this is the first time. This is, you know, we're set. This is something that's continuous and based on your performance could be week to week, day to day. You don't even know. You know what I mean? You don't know what the coaching yeah. staff is thinking, so staying here is even harder than getting here. A- absolutely, it, it is. Hey, just as just as the emotions that you're going to have the first year, as a veteran guy, you also have that sense of relief because no matter what your contract says and whatever your guarantees are today, you're not guaranteed the next year. Yeah, you know, 
you you sign a contract and it's essentially you're signing a bunch of one years that's combined in with a signing bonus. <laughs> so right. the only thing guaranteed is that guarantee. And then, but, but those years that are attached to it, you've got to earn them every single year, every single training. You can't take time off and expect that's going to happen. Your deeds have to denote, Hey, what did I do in the previous year? Was it good enough? And then what am I going to do in camp to continually prove them right? And now you're, yeah, now you're beyond the prove them wrong phase, which is what your rookie year is. Now it's prove them right phase from this point forward in your career. You've got to prove them right um, and, and that they were right in keeping you. And you can't listen to what external forces are, whatever's reported about you, like your deeds have to stand. Because if you just if you listen to what the external folks have to say, I probably wouldn't have made it past my third year, fourth mm-hmm. year, Wolf, Right. if I listened to what the outside said. Right. Because – you know, people. Are, oh, he, he he deserve it. Why is he getting that? Why is this dude getting transition right, tag? Right. No, and 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 like I said, I was getting memes before memes were a thing. Uh, you know, drawn about <laughs> me and created about me, but it didn't matter. I went about my business the same way. I I knew I was I was technically sound. I knew I had I had one of the toughest tasks at left tackle. Yes. Um, you know, in the in the league, I'm getting the best athlete on defense, play in and play out. And guess what? He's tapping out between plays. I'm not. So right. my consistency over time has to prove as the as such. And that's what ultimately allowed me to play nine years in Pittsburgh. There you, you go. You know, it was it was you know, I got benched. I went through the benching process in the middle of my career after starting three straight years in a row. And the only reason I got, you know, I did I, I that streak stopped was because I tore my meniscus in, in, in Carolina in pregame. And it was after the 90-minute window where you had to declare who's dressing and who's not. So I literally had to suit up regardless of how my knee was feeling. Right. And I went out there and had the best game of my career against Julius Peppers. I shut him out. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. we all know how good Julius Peppers yes, was. Yes, we do so, know. So, you know, and then the next year I get benched. I get benched for my play as a left tackle based on, for right tackle. I'm like, how did I lose my job by playing a different position? Yeah, <laughs> right? I don't But know. you overcome that. You overcome that. And then what happens? Marvell Smith goes down, and boom, I get in at left tackle. And they're like, oh, this guy actually is a right tackle, a left tackle. We thought he was just a right tackle. <laughs> and so those are those the roller coasters we talk about. You know, yes, we go through them week to week, but we also go through them from year to year. It creates the kind of person that we are. You start to build your metal the more obstacles that you clear and that you add to your collection and your resume. Excellent, Max. All right, we're going to go to break when we come back. All right, next up, we have the P-Squad is being put together. How about that, Max? Are you on the practice squad? I'm not. They didn't call me back, but they did call no, eight guys. They and, <laughs> and they did sign eight guys. We'll, and we'll tell you who they are on the other side of the break. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. So, Max, I'm sitting at my home uh, studio, or not studio, my uh, my workspace, right, at home in the home space office. So I'm sitting, I get a text this morning, and um, and the text, it says it's from my son, Kyle Jacob, of course, Major Kyle Jacob Wolfley, U.S. Army, uh combat veteran uh you know went to west point 
Um, I, you know, I mean, this young man, I am so most humbly proud of. He's an amazing young man, and right now he's, oh, uh, he's just going up the ranks. And he, I love it, you know. But anyhow, he he he, uh, he must have been listening yesterday because he says, "Hey, Dad, it's time for that tandem jump." And I'm like going, "Oh, no, good, blah, 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 blah. you know that ain't happening, son." You know, we we ain't get, yeah, the good lady Tiffany, that's Max's wife. So she goes out and she tandems, but that's not for the kid here. And it started making me think about the Red Bull thing I saw a guy do uh, back in 2012. Felix Baumgartner, he exited his helium-filled balloon capsule after a two-hour ride up to the very edge of space. And I don't know if you saw this, Max, but the dude jumped from an altitude of over 127,000 feet. He broke the sound barrier. He was His fastest speed in the free fall recorded was 843 miles an hour. It took him from 100, almost 130,000 feet up. It took him just under 10 minutes to get back to Earth. Can you believe that? There, there, why would you put your body through that stress? You're that right. Speak it. Why? Why? I mean, the the amount like you like you see. <laughs> I forgot. I was watching this thing where it showed astronauts like in the zero g training, right? Like you know, and that little the, you know we we always see it in all the movies, right? Armageddon and everything where they sit in that thing and it spins you around in a circle. <laughs> and it looks like a big dipper, right? <laughs> and, and they have the cameras in there. And they show their face, and it looks like you age. In like five seconds, like once it gets up to speed, (laughs) you're ten minutes of that. The amount of pressure on you, I there's some. Hey, listen, there's some records that you know. Just you know what? I'm good, right? (laughs) Well, well, here's here's, let let me just throw this out at you. That happened in 2012. I didn't realize it, but in 2014. There's this Google exec named Alan Eustace who jumped from 135,898 feet, and he broke Baumgartner's record. I'm like going, what, what is some guy going to jump from the moon at some point? I mean, you know, just, I mean, why, yeah, why you not? You, but here's the thing. You physically, you can't jump from the moon because there's no, there's no gravity in space. So you're literally going to the literal outer layer, that vapor layer that covers earth that cr- creates gravity you're literally going to the edge and say you know like if i pop the bubble so if i stick my hand out this way if i go this way instead of going down if i go up uh i'm gone i'm gone forever i i i, I, I have the longest airtime ever in for a jump ever but <laughs> <laughs> no i want to go speeding towards the earth and pray that it looks blue, but even at that point, blue might as well look like brown and green and everything else oh. that we see, land masses, because you hit you hit water at that force, no. everything's shattering if you don't do it right. <laughs> wait a minute. Just you can't wait. have a malfunction. <laughs> I was going to say, just wait a sec, because you know there's no way you can hit anything if you're going 843 miles an hour. I mean, you break the no. sound barrier, and he, the dude didn't even hear it. He said, you know, because he was just so locked in. Because actually, if we're talking about. You have about wind Bumgar- going at your face for 843 miles an hour. No, no, because you got a space helmet on, man. But still, it's the, you, th- you think at 843 miles an hour, I don't care what helmet and what soundproof you put. All you're hearing is. No, you know what? I'm hearing? Hearing. You'd be hearing me scream. <laughs> Wolf, wolf, you, 
Well, if you would have passed out in the first thousand yes, feet, I'm yes, not worried you know about it. that. You know <laughs> it would have just been it would have just been dead stick all the way. <laughs> You'd have had to, somebody would have had to hit the parachute for you at that point. <laughs> Either that, or we're gonna have the the biggest belly flop in the history of belly floptum. <laughs> We're going down. And right over here, and right over here, we have Wolfley Crater. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boy, oh boy, did he hit? Yeah, exactly. Look, look at that circle. I mean, that's impact right there, ladies and gentlemen. That's not a space oh. rock. That's just bone. Well, I'll, I'll leave that for you to take up with the good lady Tiffany if she wants yes. to go to the edge of space and, and do some Listen. free fall. I don't think that's on the plate. Will you talk about veto power? If any time to have a veto power over a decision of your spouse, that <laughs> that's it. That is that is exactly it. You know, I know we sign over power of attorney to our spouses. But I might be like, you know what? She's not in her right mind right now. <laughs> you can't be. You just couldn't be. Oh. 135,000 feet? Are you kidding me? <laughs> and it takes you over 10 minutes to get back. You know, you're no. falling. Falling for what? Out of that, maybe five, six minutes, eight minutes, you're falling. <laughs> you know? I mean. I mean, can you imagine if you're the spouse at the quote-unquote landing site just looking up in the sky and you see like this little speck <laughs> but it takes 10 whole minutes it takes almost half our segment to get down <laughs> yes exactly you know I'm hey thinking- guess what we've been talking about this for four minutes he's not even halfway there yet how about that how about that wolf how, how about this you're in a space suit and you land and they take that helmet off you and then everyone goes get the febreze we need febreze oh do we need some? <laughs> yeah. the trap the trap door didn't work <laughs> <laughs> okay, we better move on. Let's we better move on. Yeah, we we we, we, we jumped along. the shark. All right, we jumped the shark. I mean, it's amazing. It only took us one and a half segments to do that. It's awesome. <laughs> and Fonzie literally did jump the shark too. I saw it yeah, myself. Yeah, yes, he. Yeah. <laughs> but all right. So the topic is is practice squad guys. We've added half yes. of the the mandatory 16 yes we've got eight of them all right so let's speak on it wolf all right first of all eight guys who stood out as a surprise the the big surprise to you did you have one were you surprised by anybody uh you you know what i was actually surprised about uh you know elijah riley safety position see i was surprised Uh, by anthony mcfarland but go ahead i'll tell you Oh, okay. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, that, that's a good one. But, I mean, it's just because he wasn't really here that long. You know, True. I think that's more so than anything else. Uh, but he made an impact enough for the Steelers to recall him back to practice squad. So, I think that was kind of the first one that jumped up. I was happy. I was happy to see Hamilton Rashid just because I want right. you to have to pronounce his name at some point. Um, yeah. Th- so, so, that was more of a selfish reason why I wanted to see him. But also, you know, you do need that that depth um, for, for a um, – for a defensive guy, uh, especially at the outside linebacker position, right? Yes. When we trade it for Malik Reed, you have Derek Tuska. You still need to keep forward at all times. And I thought Hamilton definitely did enough to earn that opportunity and then to be a guy who could bump up and down if need be. You know, I was surprised by McFarland because I thought somebody would snatch him up. I didn't think he would, you know, last through the whole thing. I thought he had had very good training camp. I, I still, as I as we know, Jalen Warren, he deserves a spot. I, I think that, you know, it really comes down to when you look at the two guys, I thought Jalen just showed more in his ability to handle the ball and, and whether catching, running with the ball, special teams, all that sort of stuff. I think that was, 
he was a better bet to do all that than Anthony was. But I still got a lot of respect for Anthony's game and his ability to latch on with somebody. I, you know, I thought he's still a high quality dude. Well, here's the thing: by being on P Squad, yeah, it's not a guarantee you'll be right. all the way through the season. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, he can get the any of these guys can get posted at any moment. Hello, Montrevious Adams. Yes, <laughs> you know, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, so d- trust me, Wolf. Let's just wait long enough. You know, hopefully we'll <laughs> hopefully we don't lose him because, right. like you said, he is a great talent. But also, you know, in his mind, he's like, yeah, lose me. Yeah, <laughs> get rid yeah. of me. Hey, I- I'll go. I'll go take the active roster somewhere else. Uh, but you know, but it is a testament that that they thought highly enough to bring him back, and he was available to be brought back. Um, so I, I I like that. It gives me a little bit even more safety knowing the depth of the running back room, having mm-hmm. Anthony in there, because um, now that, that that that's five capable guys, you know, that that you trust, and that all show, you know, all of them have earned the opportunity. Um, what what do you think about uh about about the OL signings? You know, interesting. You know, William Dunkel, the dude. That's a big man. Oh, I, wait a minute. Are you talking about the trade for Jesse Davis? Or are you talking about? No, the no, no. I'm, I'm, not talking, no we're, we're, I'm staying on topic. I'm, okay. not, I'm not floating well, on you, topic you're again. You're better than I am at staying on topic. I have these problems with going on tangents. Yeah. You know. Yeah. One. You know, the the leg bones connected to the knee bone, and the knee bones connected to the thigh bone. That sort of thing. You know. So yeah. I kind of go off on tangents, and and uh, so. I, I just wondered if you were of the same ilk. But the fact is, as I look at you got William Dunkel. He's a big dude at 6'5", 320. But I was so glad they, they, they scooped up Leg Lou again. Because I think this yeah. kid, this kid to me, I mean, he can play all positions from left tackle to right tackle, all points in between. He needs just to get a little bit stronger, a little bit bigger. But that strength will come because uh, he's still a young buck. And I and I think that uh, he's got some good upside. Well, no, I, yeah, I agree. I mean, keeping 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 the young Leglue, uh keeping him glued to the Steelers organization <laughs> was great. <laughs> See, now now, now I'm not above that. No, I'm no. not above. I'm not hanging. above cheesy cheesy cliches. <laughs> um, but you know, I was surprised. I was surprised uh, we didn't get a recall from Jake Dixon. Um, I thought that was one mm. where. You know, he could have benefited from That's a year true. on P Good squad yep. to really grow and kind of become a better. Because I thought he had the athleticism, he had the aggression and tenacity that you wanted. And off we may still see him, you know. Yeah, yeah. We, we there's still a possibility. I mean, heck, we only got eight. We got we got to get to eight more wolf. Right, right. You know. Um, so, so that's one that I would keep in the back of my mind, just as Good just point. as something. Also, a local guy, so it's not like you have to fly him in, you know, unless he's flying elsewhere. But. Um, but he he he's right here local um to stay in there. Uh Carlos Davis, another one wolf. Yeah. Uh obviously active last year. Yes. <laughs> and and P squad this year. And it, it it's funny cuz you know, I now I don't know where Khalil went, but I thought of the two twins, I thought Khalil showed a little bit more in games. Right. Um uh, than than Carlos did, but you know, also you know, you drafted Carlos. Carlos was an active player last year, so maybe uh, feeling the system, fitting the system, and still they probably see a lot of potential there with him. That's true. That's true. I think Carlos, yes, he's a powerful dude. He plays with a low center. You know, I, I like what I've seen in him. Um, I just don't think he was as impactful as some of the other guys. You know, when you're only 6'2", you know, you, you're generally you're going to be stuck more on the nose tackle stuff. 
You know what I mean? Because you got yeah. I, like I mean, you, you need a little longer body in some of those four and five technique guys. Um, that's you know when you see those guys at six seven and so forth. That you know there, there's a lot there that they can do. You know what I mean? Versus a six two guy and a six seven guy. And I think you know Loudermilk just has made a lot of progress. And I, you know Demarvin Leal is a guy that uh, showed a lot in the last couple games there. So that road was was kind of a tight one for Carlos, and I think Carlos still has value, still can contribute. But the guy, one of the guys that uh, uh, I thought really benefited from just because you talked about earlier was Elijah Riley, because Demonte Casey, it's unfortunate, you know, he's he's out with injury, you know, busted up his arm or his wrist or whatever it was. But Elijah Riley, maybe that's a possibility because of the fact, you know, he got picked up because Demonte Casey. That's a guy that they were, I think they they were depending on to contribute in in the defense. Yeah, no, I I completely agree, and I think you know it, it was one that you as soon as you saw it happen, you just, you just kind of cringe, right? It's just, ah, why did this happen? But yeah. at the same time, you you kind you, you you understand where it is and and what what the situation. I'm just glad it wasn't an IR. That's what that was my thought. Yeah, because yeah. when he came back out. It was the sling with the cast on there, the soft cast. Right. And I was like, oh, man, this sucks. But it was great to see him make that 53-man roster, which means he didn't have to get put on that eight-week IR or the, whatever the half-year IR is. Right, right. Um, he, did, he, didn't, he didn't have to be released or injury settlement. Um, he was a guy that they knew could come back pretty quickly and then also be an immediate impact. And obviously, he made himself known. And, you know, it forced the, it forced the Steelers to become creative defensively, forced Terrell Austin to think of different ways to utilize and deploy his personnel. And DeMonte Casey is the reason for that. You don't go three safeties if you don't have DeMonte Casey doing what he's doing. You don't even think about that type of, type of formation. You go, okay, we'll just have another nickel. You know, we'll have another guy. <laughs> we'll just play base four, two nickel, four down linemen, two linebackers, and five DBs. But no, they said, you know, we're going to go a three safety nickel. And then also that three safety nickel could possibly bump to a dime that presents itself as a nickel um, by having a third safety in there because if you could drop Terrell Edmonds in the box. So there's a lot of flexibility in there, so it's happy to see him. But Elijah Riley, like you said, this is a kid. Um, he's a West Point kid, correct? Yes, correct. So Like my son, already- Kyle Jacob. <laughs> There it is. There it is. It's only a plug. It's not a shameless plug. It's just a plug. <laughs> but I got to ask Elijah, did, did you go Ranger? Because that's Kyle got his Ranger tab. That was that's another. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, yeah. That, 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 that's the that's the red, that, that's the red badge of courage right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's yeah. I, I, I go. I have no problem. I say my son's a better man than me. <laughs> you know? Ain't no I doubt mean, about it. it. Hey, l- l- listen, he- he's just tougher than you, Wolf. It's okay. Yes, he is. He's yeah. just tougher. Yes, it's okay. he is. It's okay not to be as tough. It's, not- it's okay not to be as tough. Hey, I- I- I'm freely admitted. I'm not as tough yeah. as my son. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth, man. Chicken wing. Chicken wing. <laughs> I-, I was at the dentist. We got to go to break. But I was at the dentist this morning because I got to get the tooth fixed because I broke the tooth out, the stupid thing. A chicken oh, wing took man. me out. Oh my gosh! Well, you know what? I'm going to take us out to break, and there then. You go. <laughs> but uh, but no, coming back, we're we're going to talk. We're going to dive deeper into the P squad because, like like we like we kind of talked about, there are still eight spots available. What is on Wolf's wish list for the eight additional players? What positions would he like to see filled for the rest to round out this 16 man practice squad? Back with this and more 
on In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on SNR. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. All right, back in the locker room with Wolf Starks and our our samurai, Master West, back there. He says he's not full-blood ninja. He kind of is on the fence because he has to do a lot of things, but electrical engineering is not one of his tasks. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but no. So we, we kind of broke out a break. We started talking down, down the path and the subject of practice squad. We talked about the eight names that are already added to this practice squad. Let's just refresh everybody. The team has signed William Dunkel, John LeGlue, Ryan McCollum, offensive lineman, defensive lineman. They brought back Carlos Davis. Um, running back Anthony McFarland was available, and he did say yes. Um, linebacker Hamilton Rashid, safety Elijah Riley, and wide receiver Cody White. To my estimation and my count, Wolf, that is eight. Yes. And the Steelers – can sign 16. You need 16 now. That was a COVID bump up, which we're very appreciative of because you get more opportunities for young guys to kind of grow their skill set and potentially become contributors to the team. And I think, you know, rosters need to be that now. You know, it's just the day and age. You need that flexibility. And why not? Why can't you have 16 guys on practice squad? You know, there's right. no there's no hard, fast rule on why you can't. So I'm glad the NFL increased that. But I do pose you this question, Wolf. Pose away, what, my friend. <laughs> what is on Santa Wolf's wish list for the other eight oh. so What positions do you want to see filled on this team? Give me, give me your top two right now. Top two right now. I'd love to see, number one, Jake Dixon brought back, like you said, because okay, I thought this is go. a young man that could do with a couple years of, of practice squad and developing that body. You know what? I mean, there's one thing to be a volleyball spiker. You know, it's another to be yeah. spiking defensive ends into the ground. So, you know, look for this young man. I would think a guy like that, you get on a squat program and he gets all muscled out and, and, and strong and everything. He he looked to me like a guy that could play, and I'd love to see that. And bring back Kevin Rader. You know, if you want a <laughs> tight end, yeah, let me just say, if you want a tight end that can flat back, if you want a tight end that can come off the ball and move a guy from A to B against his will and do it over and over again, that kid is is, is Kevin Rader. You know, we saw it again in the Seattle game when he took Puna Ford, who was like a, a redwood tree stump with a bowling ball on top of it, right? I mean, yeah. and you take that, you uproot that, and move it off the line of scrimmage, drive it backwards four yards on a short yardage. Get Zooks, man, I think. That guy deserves to be coming back, too. So there's my top two. All right. Well, you know what? I see your two. And also, <laughs> I, I will say, you know, you know, before I raise you two, um, I'm going I'm to put this disclaimer out talking about Jake Dixon. Um, you're wondering, hey, why does a guy need to go to practice squad, you know, and can that if a guy goes to practice squad, can he ever make it, you know, as an elite level player after being on the practice squad or does he get pigeonholed? My answer to you is that is no. No, they don't get relegated, and that's the only thing you can do. It's an opportunity because there's this one guy. I don't, tell me if you've heard of him, Wolf. guy by the name of Jackie Slater. Have you heard yes, of that guy before? Yes, I've heard of Jackie Slater. 
Jackie Slater is probably one of the best tackles. You know, we we talk about all time list. He goes up there on that all time list. Yes, he was on the practice squad for five years before he actually made his first start. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. <clears throat> yes. So, f- of his eighteen years in the NFL, five of those were on practice squad before he finally became a mainstay for thirteen really? years. I didn't after know that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jackie started out on the practice squad, and then and then finally finally got his start after years being on the practice squad. So, so that, that, that's my way of saying that, yes, yes. It, it, is it a start that you want? No, but it's a start. You're, my foot's still in the right. door. And, and he took the full advantage of the opportunity to learn, to grow, like you said, to hit the weight room, to get in the playbook, and develop himself into the player that could then be depended on for over a decade after that. So, you know, so it, it's, 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 not, it's not the kiss of death. It's not, it's not getting relegated into purgatory. Right, you actually you actually have ascension available. Uh, it's just what you do at that time on the practice squad that matters. There's no question. I mean, think of James Harrison being cut what five times? Are you kidding yeah. me? He was a defensive player of the year, and he went through yeah. you know the uh, Europe uh, NFL Europe NFL and, Europe yeah and stuff like that. I, it's phenomenal. So it, the power of the human will to carry on. And, you know, you looking for any of us. You know, there could have been some something that took you out of, you know, God allowed me to play the game that I love since I was seven years uh, seven years old. I told my mom I was going to be a pro football player, you know. And, and, and God gave me the desire of my heart as a young boy. But, you know, everybody's path is different. And when you see, you know, guys having an opportunity to be able to turn it around and do something that maybe initially they weren't quite prepared for, have that second opportunity, and then take advantage of it. Man, that's an awesome thing. It's fun to watch. No, it absolutely is. All right, so as I'm going through, because um, I, I, you know, I was trying to figure out where guys were, right? So I'm scouring the waiver wire right. and also the pre-squad. <laughs> GM uh, Max. GM Max here. You know, just just call, just call me Casey Weidel Jr., uh, <laughs> the assistant to the assistant of the assistant. You know what I'm saying? There you uh, go. That works. I mean, I mean, we we sat in enough scouting meetings. I feel like you know. Hey, we, Casey like got me into scouts. the back in in into practice the, uh, yesterday because on account of they got this facial recognition thing, and it's oh, like wow. yeah, you put your face up in front of it, and, and and the thing said, "Hey, one face at a time." When I was up there, so I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Can you can you powder that dome? It's a bit shiny. <laughs> You're melting down the, the, the equipment here. Exactly, exactly. There's no ants on the screen, sir. You don't need to burn them with the magnifying glass. <laughs> but um, so Justin Lane, because I was thinking DB, right? I was right. thinking, you know, now he got picked up back. already, didn't he? Yeah, he he got picked up by the Giants. Okay, um, but I think defensive back is another one right. that I would love to see another one. Like, we have a safety, right? That's technically in the defensive backfield, but that's a different thing. I'm talking more so corner. I think corner right. depth, you can never have enough corner depth. So I would love to see another corner added Good. on the practice squad for this squad. And then, you know what? I would like to see another inside backer prospect. You know, I don't yeah. know if Buddy Johnson can come on on P-Squad. I don't know if he has P-Squad um, eligibility or not. But I would love to see a linebacker and a, and a cornerback. That would be my wish list. I don't have names specifically, but I would say those two positions are two that are not have not been addressed and that do need to be addressed because, like you said, we have the four inside backers, and I like the four, but you're also one injury away from not having enough depth um, right. at that 
and you addressed outside backer by bringing back Hamilton Rashid, I would like to see an inside backer as well added to that list. So I'm sure I'm sure the scouting staff is working very hard um, to scour and find guys who fit the mold. But those are the two positions that I would pick. Diligently, I would believe they're scouring. Yes, you know you get who you can get. You know, and I, I look at that, and you, and you don't another. have a fit. Yeah, yeah. That's what I tell my kids at least. You don't. Oh have a- no, uh, hold on. Uh, oh, okay. That was Kevin Rader was waived, no recall. So yeah, I would love to see him brought back. So he has not been picked up yet. So that's a good sign. Yes, that's that's a good sign. Those two, you know, just by name, Kevin Rader and Jake Dixon. Those are two that I'd, you know, I'm I'm gratified if they come back. That would be two two of the good gets that I'd want there. All right, yeah, no, absolutely. Max, Max, we got to go to break, buddy. So on the okay. other side, when we get back next up, we're going to talk about Malik Reed and Jesse Davis, the two newbies to the Steelers coming here from other teams and what that all means. And we'll just lay it all out when we get back. You're listening to SNR. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. 